This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do when you time to get old? This is the black boy, this is a story that ain't never told. This is the black boy, what you gonna do out here on your own? This is the black boy, don't you know remember that don't want you grow? This is the black boy, what you gonna do? Yeah. So welcome to Black Disabled Men Talk. It is what August, Black August, oh. um, 2021. I'm here with part of the group. We're missing Keith Jones today. We're gonna go on. Um, so the title is New Inclusionary Policy. Reconstruction or destruction of a system. So let's go around and introduce ourselves first so we can jump into the topic. So who wants to jump first? Well, I guess we could go down the line. Um, My name is Otis. I'm a um, Black person living with disability out of California. And I do graphic design. I also um, do somewhat animation. And I'm also, I guess now I'm an official writer because I, I just recently got one of my articles published. So I guess now I'm, like, I'm among the family now writing. So um, yeah, ain't really nothing much special to say about me other than that. Oh, I've been with Crip Hop Nation for the past like, three years. This will be my third year now. Like, I'll, I'm loving it so far. Like, um, adding you as a Facebook friend was probably one of the best decisions I ever made. So, hey, well, uh, congratulations on on the on the chapter getting published. It's good. It's great news. What what what's the title of the book? When when the oh, it's not a book. It's an article I wrote. Oh, article. Yeah, I I finally uh, a sister published one of my um, articles recently, and it's focusing on the origins of xenophobia or prejudice in the Western world, going all the way back to the Greco-Roman period. Wow, beautiful. What's the link? How can we look at it and support it? When, when she, um, I guess, finished editing it okay. and um, put it up for the public, I'm going to send it to you in the inbox. Okay, cool. Cool, cool. Congratulations again. Thank you. I appreciate it. More to come. You got to get some more, more articles and more poetry out there. That's great. So, Latif, you want to go next? Or should I go next? I am Latif McLeod, a PhD candidate at California Institute of Integral Studies in the Anthropology and Social Change Department. And I am also an author and poet getting published to encrypt authorship. Yeah, yeah. 
Congratulations. I can't believe That's good. We're all writers. So, Leroy Moore here. Um, yeah, Clip Hop founder. Going to be a PhD student at UCLA coming up in the fall. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to talk about this inclusionary policy. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, just to kick it off, I got it, it, it's funny because I post something a couple of weeks ago saying that, you know, I, I have to be honest and say that since this inclusionary policy is this been taken off in Hollywood and tech companies and all that stuff. Like I'm seeing more and more black disabled, especially disabled women being um, in media and in other arenas. You know, the New York Times has hired a black disabled reporter, you know, and such and such. So I was like, wow, okay. You know, and of course, I'm, I'm not like blown away because I know it's also just part of, well, part of the system. <laughs> but it, it's, 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 I, I had to, I had to celebrate in one way, you know, doing this work for 20, 30 years to see a little crack in the door. Because you know, my work with Grip House and you know, black disabled men talk is getting, you know, people are emailing us. It's like, oh, can we do black disabled men talk in other spaces? So, you know, I just wanted to put that out. And, and you know, I'm not, I'm not like brainwashed. I know it's not a utopian revolution, but I, I do have to. Um, respect the the, um, the growth, you know, the growth of our work as black disabled men and the growth of seeing our work publicly, you know, because I didn't see that in the 90s and 80s. So, so yeah, so that's me on that topic. So who wants to take it from there? <clears throat> Can, can Otis go? Give you more time to talk, right? With you? Okay. Right. Otis. Well, with me, I before I jump into things, <laughs> I learned from well, Naomi Fuller Jr. and Dr. Francis Press Wilson, as well as Dr. Johnny Clark, all of them essentially. It's important to define terminology. Because a lot of times okay. people use terminology loosely. And even I think UEP Newton touched on it. People use terminology loosely because you don't define it. Someone's saying one thing while you're saying another, right? Mm-hmm. And you assume that you're talking about the same thing because you're not. So I went on the cbc.gov website under what is disability inclusion? And this is how they define what inclusion is. Okay. Including people with disabilities in everyday activities and encouraging them to have roles similar to their peers who do not have a disability is disability inclusion. This involves more than simply encouraging people. It requires making sure that adequate policies 
and practices are in effect in a community or organization. Inclusion should lead to increased participation in socially expected life roles and activities such as being a student, worker, friend, community member, patient, spouse, partner, or um, parent. Socially expected activities may also include engaging in social activities, using public resources such as transportation and libraries, moving about within communities, receiving adequate health care, having relationships, and enjoying other day-to-day -day activities. So I guess to me, the question now becomes, what am I trying to be included in? Yeah. Right? And when I look at the day-to-day -day activities that my peers so-called are participating in, where they're being exploited, they're being overworked and underpaid, I don't know if I want to be included in that. Because like when you say activities, we automatically think, oh, well, you participate in an activity. It's something good because everybody's doing it. Well, yeah. everybody walking into a sweatshop, you are also want to walk <laughs> into a sweatshop. Just like I say, I'm a part of the activity. I don't know about that. Right? So it's not to me, it's not about inclusion. It's what yeah. are we trying to be included into? Into, yeah. Right? And I, I look around and it's like, I don't. I don't want to be included in this artificial definition of what it means to be a human, where everyone is expendable if you serve no utilitarian use, right? So if they can't get maximum sweat equity out of me at whatever employer it might be, then I'm easily discarded. Like, I don't know if I want to be included. And to be honest with you, I'm probably not going to be included in it to any significant degree anyway, because people who don't have a disability can't even get a job, right? Like they, they want you to believe that there's this workers' revolution going on, but they got articles about people having five different interviews for one job and still not getting a car back. So people are looking for jobs, they're just not getting employed, right? And then you can also think about automation, because employers are trying to cut back on paying employees, so they replace them with robots. I know the Walton's families are one of the biggest investors in automation, mm. right? So it's like, if you're having a hard time finding gainful employment, where you making a livable wage, because most people who do have jobs, they're not even making a livable wage, like they're underemployed. It's triple for the disabled community now. Like, we're underemployed, right? <laughs> the rest of the community, I mean, the rest of society is not experiencing what we have been subjected to. And so me seeing and being realistic that employers are not even trying to come out the pocket to play their employees, but I'm supposed to expect some transformation will happen overnight where they want to now invest those funds to modify the building so um, me with disability collective. Because that's one of the biggest reasons why people with disabilities don't have jobs. Because employees yeah. don't want to put the money in modification. It's going to cost them. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So when you look around and you see everyone trying to cut, cut, cut corners in order to hoard money over here and save costs over there, this, the people with disabilities, especially Black people with disabilities, we're going to get shortchanged. Like this inclusion thing is only temporary. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's only a prop. 
Right? It's only so they can say we see you, but once they no longer need us, then we'll go right back in the closet. Like that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Latif, you want to hit? Yes, seeing people with disabilities more in media and academia is cool, and it is a step in the right direction. But I feel they mostly select disabled people that able-bodied people are comfortable seeing in the spotlight or they help support a certain agenda. But this should have happened a long time ago. They are just now heavily promoting the Paralympics when the Paralympics have been in existence for a long time now. So it is a slow process, but it is getting better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, one one of the elder idols that I met in Detroit, um, um, great 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 frogs, rest in peace. And she was an elder, Asian, um, disabled elder, and she was meeting with us. You know, disabled. Activists at the um, at the uh, live media conference, and it's like <laughs> I don't need a ramp to a burning house. That quote, I love that quote because it's so true. You know, it's so true. You know, and this this inclusive policy is. It, it's uh, it's such a plastic thing because if we, we look at disability, we've been here since Moses. You know, Moses had disabilities, so it's like it's not inclusion. It's it's, it's opening your eyes and saying that we've been here since day one. So yeah, and I I, I totally understand, Keith. I mean, Latif, it's. It's it, it, it's it, it, it was what's popular now, just just like um, Kimberly Kosher, Kosher, you know, and she came up with the with the turn intersectionality, and everybody jumped on board with that a couple of years ago. And now, including policy is like, I mean, like Hollywood jumping on board, everybody's turning on board. And it's like, yeah, in, in, including into what, though? Into what? Into a nine to five that you gotta take all my time and I can't even be with my family? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think, uh, you know, there's always two sides of the coin in, in America. Because we're, we're living in a white, supremacist country that, that has control of language and has control of making a turn that we fall for. So, so the thing is, it's like, do we use it? Do we get on the subway? and use it to open up other doors for other black single people? Or do we want to go by and it's like, okay, this is not for me, let's 
continue with our work. Or do do we do both? Yeah, do we do both? That's yeah. Well, yeah, this this whole inclusionary policy is like it's 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 almost a, it is a joke. Well, I, I had him in in the in this last three weeks. I've been on the Grammys recording panel, freaking Spotify panel, and um, Motown panel, and all of them are having disability panels. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, they woke up and think, "Oh my God, we need a disability panel." Yeah. But but the thing is, like, it's like most most of the times I don't I don't get on these panels because they know that I push them to the limit, <laughs> and they and they want people like like you, like you, they want people to agree and not push them to the limit. So my so what what I did is like I put it back in their court. It's like, okay, you, you want to use this inclusionary policy, then you should write a statement and actively support Quip Hop, Latif's work, you know, about your work, Otis. I was like, yeah, you can support our work. You know, give us some funding, give us, because we, we live in a capitalist world. So, you know, one thing they can do is give us some funding, you know. So, so yeah, so I'll leave it like that. Or if you want to jump back in. Okay. In regards to awards and recognition, Frank Fanon says, awards in a colonial system only serves to reinforce the colonial system, yeah. right? Like, a lot of people who was mad that Trump gave, um, the President Medal Award, the Freedom Medal Award. Yeah. <laughs> and Black people was complaining about it. I'm yeah. like, but why? <laughs> like the award, I mean, who, who was it? Was it Bill Clinton, I think, who also won that same award? Oh, uh, you're, you're, you're moving there. I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Oh, uh, is it me? Hold on. Hold on, it's probably me. Oh, yeah, it's me. I'm sorry. Okay, you hear me? Yeah, but I was like, those awards okay. have only been given to those who have co-signed the system. So Trump handing it to someone who you may not co-sign is not something unique, right? <laughs> like, like the previous recipients was not all gung-ho about decolonialization themselves. So why are you acting like this is new? I, I, I was telling my partner, she was like, well, we're stuck in this system, right? And the only way to survive in it is by acquiring resources, right? But in order to acquire resources, you have to acquire recognition. So even though in the colonial system, awards does nothing but reinforce the ideolo ideologies of the system, because that's why they're awarding you, how do I then exist, right? And I told her, it's one thing to need these trinkets to reinforce your identity. It's another thing to acquire them simply to survive, right? Like the two are not equivalent. 
Mm -hmm. I, a lot of black people base their identity off of the wars that they have been given by the very system that oppressing them. A lot of our people define their identity based off the paycheck that's given to them by the very system that's oppressing them. The, a lot of our people define our identity by the degrees given to us by the very system that's oppressing us, right? So it's, an, it's one thing to define your entire identity and entire existence around the trinkets given to you by the system and thus can be taken from you by that same very system. It's another thing to acquire them simply as a tool or vehicle to survive. I mean, Amos Wilson, Dr. Amos Wilson was able to do it. Dr. John Henry Clark was able to do it. Like even Frank Sinan, they was able to acquire knowledge and acquire degrees. It wasn't the um, NRB offering them. It was simply a vehicle, right? Yeah. I feel like that's what you're doing, Leroy. Like you don't see a PhD as the NRB or like it's simply a vehicle to help you get from point A to point B. Like when I see you after you get that PhD, I'm gonna be happy as hell when you get it. But I don't feel like this is how you're gonna define yourself. Like the way I address you, gotta be completely drastic because now you're a doctor, right? So now you're, you're one of those uppity niggas. Like I don't think <laughs> you're doing that. Yeah, yeah. Like how many of my people have done that? So it's one thing to acquire them because this defines who you are and this defines your identity. It's another thing to acquire them simply as a vehicle for you to um, um, get your point across or for you to facilitate whatever purpose you're trying to facilitate. It's not the same thing. Like you deserve all, the, all of those awards, right? But I feel like even if the system didn't give it to you, you'll still be able to be who you are, right? Even if we, they don't recognize you, you'll still be who you are right now, right? But so many of our so-called intellectuals, they completely change when they get a little recognition. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Right? It's not the same thing. Yeah. It's not the same thing. And that's why I said, like, I don't want to be included in the space, although I know I have to enter the space in order to extract resources. Right? I understand the difference. Right? I'm not trying to stay here and become buddy-buddy and become the, the same as you. Right? I'm not trying to do that. I'm just trying to come here because you are the one who currently possess the resources due to the way you have acquired them, which is exploitation, um, imperialism, um, rape. So you have the resources, so I have to enter this space in order to get it. But that don't mean I have to stay here. Right? And I don't want um, our community, which is a Black disabled community, to make the same mistake that a lot of our people in the civil rights movement have made. Yeah. Where they believe they have to be included in the space and stay in the space and be defined the same way that peers. Your peer is defined as a human resource, which not a human being, a human resource that's disposable. Right? You want to share that same identity. I'm cool. You can have that. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to do that. Like, I'm just here to get what I need and bounce. Like, yeah. like that's what I want. I feel like that's what you're doing. I feel like that's what Keith's doing. That's what Keith doing. Right. So, so all this, what, what, what term would, would you use? Because you, you, you taught me, you know, that language is important. Yes. Woo. So what? So what term would you use? And it's not inclusionary. What term would you use now? Telling black disabled people getting some, you know, piece of justice or piece of something in this 
Capitalist world. I, I, I can't um, take the credit because I got it from Fred Morton in his book, The Undercommons. Yes. yes. Undercommons, I believe it's called. Yes. If you're listening, please forgive me for butchering the book title. But I believe it's the undercommons. Yeah, I believe. He says, you, so you know what book I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it, he was talking about being a maroon. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A, a black person who goes into what I call Plato Academy, that mm. other people call academia. You yeah. go into academia. You go into this space that was built to alienate you. Right, like the curriculum does not reflect you whatsoever. So much so that they want to take what little does reflect you, which is critical race theory, out. <laughs> right. So this space, although you're in this space, this space was not meant for you. Period. Yeah. Right. So although you have to go in this space to get your bachelor's degree, to get your master's degree, to get your PhD, or even if you're not getting a degree, if you just sneak into the library because that's they the ones who have the book that you need yeah. to read. Right? So even if you're sneaking in there for, your res for, for research, then he said you're a maroon. A maroon yeah. is yeah. a part of the space, right? While yeah. also being separate from it. Yeah. Our maroon ancestors, they was a part of, a, a, of the American colonies, but they also made their own secluded territory. Yeah. Right? They yeah. were a part of the Caribbeans. Right, but they also made their secluded territory unto themselves. So they was in the space while also being separate from the space. So he said, think of yourself as a maroon, sneaking in there to get the resources you need and then leaving. So you enter the space, but you don't become a part of the space, which is not the same thing. I mean, black people do it all the time at work. Right? This is what you call the um um code switching. Yeah. Right? Well, you can't be black. Because you know you're in the space, but you don't belong to the space at the same time. But instead yeah. of using that to your advantage, you want to fight so the space will eventually embrace you. Because that's what we really mean by inclusion. Because you're already in the space. You just want it to be less antagonistic. Yeah. Right? You want it to be a bit more friendly. That's what we really mean by inclusion. You want to be seen as equal. But instead of saying, you know what? I'm going to use this to my advantage. Right? Since you already said I'm an outsider or I'm essentially inside the space while being exiled from the space all at the same time. Like, I don't know if y'all ever experienced that phenomenon where you're seen, but you're invisible at the same time. Yeah, it's oh yeah. They don't see you, essentially that. Wow, yeah, oh yes, you said a lot. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta read, read, read that book again. That's a good book, that's a good book. <laughs> yes. All right. So, Latif, you want to take it away? We, 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 we we're trying to get Keith on, on, on here. You just got to, to the hotel. Okay, I gave him the link again. I agree with you, artists, because people, and especially Black people that obtain a middle-class status or higher really prize their education as a vehicle for status. But I like your idea of the maroon intellectual, because we should use this education to facilitate our autonomy from the system and not as a path to be incorporated by the system. Hi. Mm -hmm. Keith. Hey, Keith. What's up? What's up, dude? 
I'm only look. I'm only here long enough to, before my food get here. I just checked into the hotel. What's up, people? Hey, Keith, what the deal? What up, Otis? What's up, Moses? All right, all right, Keith. Because you're here for a short time, we want your feedback on this. The title is "New Inclusionary Policy Restructuring or Destructuring of the System." So, what do you think about this new inclusionary policy that's going around? Okay, first of all. Inclusionary, inclusionary policy into what? Because, <laughs> it's like, like, I'm sorry, dude, but I'm not supposed to say that. Because <laughs> also, like, okay, so if, if you hear the door open, that's because I did just check in, so I'm still trying to get settled. But okay. real quick, um, inclusionary policy is a stupid ass statement. <laughs> okay. And, and, okay, let me just be real clear why do I say this? Not even a why. It's at a certain point, at a certain point, you you can't claim to have intelligence if you are literally say somebody has to convince you to include other people. Like if I have to convince you to include other humans and you're supposed to be smart, I don't want it then then. I, look, at the age I am, I don't have the energy for that. Yeah. Like, you, if, if, and, and let's be clear, and I'm talking about people in intentional spaces. I think we've had this discussion before. So if you're talking about inclusionary policy and education, and you're an educator, but I have to convince you to be inclusionary, get your ass another job. Mm-hmm. If I have to convince you to be inclusionary in medicine, get your ass another job. Because these are not those, like, if you if you have set out to be discriminatory and somebody, then you go, well, okay, Latif and Otis and Leroy, but we're going to do this. We're going to write up the new inclusionary policy. We're going to offer best practices. Kiss my, no. Well, okay, we're good to keep. So these, these as you know, these inclusionary policies really Hollywood, Tech companies and media. Please. Listen, <laughs> listen. We are old enough to remember that it went from affirmative action to cultural diversity to yeah. I needed to be you did cultural competency and oh, yeah. the new yeah. hot phrases, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Kiss my behind. Like we can run down the whole list. <laughs> we have the ability and the we have the ability to change the the, the phraseology for the same lack of intelligence. So particularly in America, if you're talking about that to be inclusionary, inclusionary into what? Because what, what, what are you trying to include me in? Because you, you have built an entire socioeconomic structure on exclusion and you've made it profitable. So the inclusionary piece is what? Right, so let's listen to that because again, because I'm in Birmingham, Alabama right now. In the heart of the Delta variant, I got masks and my mask is activist. So when I rolled up, they knew exactly what I was doing. But again, inclusionary policy and inclusionary practices connotes that you that there were they, they, there were exclusionary efforts that had a deep-seated root. And the exclusionary efforts in that means that there was a conscious, a conscious effort to eliminate 
voices or particular parties or particular people or particular groups. That does not connote intelligence. What that connotes is an amalgamation and or a collection of power and a maintaining of a social strata that is beneficial to those who, who are doing the excluded. And so if you stand back and say, we need to be more inclusive, what? Mm. You know, so <laughs> the fun, the running, the thing that I put up on, um, on LinkedIn was like the dinosaurs lived on the earth for 65 million years. If you go back to another period, they lived another 100 million years. Humans have been on this planet under a half million years. And in this version of our evolution, under 100,000 years, we're going to be dead in a week because we're too stupid to elevate ourselves and say, look, irrespective and irregardless of your human condition, everybody has a right to breathe, eat, live, love, and go about their business. It's only humans that say, ah, well, Otis, you kind of like, and Leroy, you kind of like, and Latif, you kind of like, and Keith, you kind of like, so we don't want you Negroes next to us. So let's be exclusionary. And they built an entire socioeconomic structure in and around. And if you go back, if you go back to, you know, everybody wants to quote the 1619 Project, you can go back to 1449. You can go back even further than that. Like the economic systems of bartering and trade, yes, has it been slavery? Absolutely. But there's a corrupt and calcified version of capitalism that is predicated upon the subjugation of blackness that really is a construct and an elevation of whiteness, which is a construct. And so as long as those two things exist and us as people of color are like, well, you know, the white man this, white man that, white people still thinking this, whatever. I think inclusionary, inclusionary practices are necessary if you have the right intention. But you have to have a, a scope and a scale of, of understanding of where we are as a people to, to be successful. Because I rolled into the airport, bruh. I'm just going to the airport and they looking at me like, they let the nigga out the they let the nigga out the cage. Oh Lord Jesus, go get him. Right. And it's a fucking airport. And so if that is the mentality in which we do, and we're in a global pandemic, and people are still debating on whether or not they should or should not, then at this particular point, I'm like, look, you rather swim in the ocean of stupid than fly on the wings of intelligence and understand it. I'd rather fly. You keep swimming in stupid. All right. That's all I got. So, Keith, one more, one more quick, quick, quick question. You, you know, well, including any policies here, you know, it's uh -huh. here. So, what, 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 I, what are you doing? What are we doing to take advantage of this moment <laughs> to get other people that look like us in the door? I mean, yeah, breathing. Uh, well, I mean, other, I mean, breathing. I mean, look. I'm, there's three. There are three black men on here, minus me, that are brilliant. All of y'all are fantastically intelligent and brilliant, and have a wide lens on the humanity. Do you have your likes and your dislikes? Absolutely, everybody has that. What are we doing? What am I doing? What are you doing? Um, I, I guess living is is the first part, and living and defined because our existence is 
is defiance of this of, of this inclusionary policy thing. Like, in order for you to literally say that you are designing policy to allow Latif, Keith, Otis, and, and Leroy to be included, what? I'm sorry, I'm, I'm struggling to, to understand how are you in the position of power and you don't forget to breathe because you're that stupid. I'm trying to understand. So what are we doing in the process? In the process, Crip Hop Nation, Soul Touching Experiences, y'all, all of you all are doing amazing, amazing work. Um, I think in the larger context, it is elevating this discussion, this discussion right here. Because if, I'll, I'll take it back to when, come in, when we were doing um, the NAACP and I asked the NAACP to talk about um, racism, disability, and disproportionality in education in prison. And the NAACP looked at me and was like, that's great, why don't you do it? Wait! <laughs> or when we were standing there and we were talking about the state of Black America and the Urban League was like, oh yeah, and we had to do a supplemental because they completely omitted disability. So if you're talking about what are we doing, if I, this is this one that I just, we just had this discussion, 84 days. I, if I, I'm not, it's not my enemies that are exhausting in the fight, it's exhausting fighting my allies. So if, if you're supposed to be my ally and I have to educate you on why it's necessary to include me and you're my, and you sit next to me for 10 years, mm -hmm. then I don't know if, I don't know if inclusionary policy and practices are necessary in terms of like, you know, cause people tend to do stuff like, oh, you're trying to make quotas and things like that. No, I start looking at it like, if you have to intentionally go get somebody who's disabled to play a disabled role because you don't like disabled people, then what, again, Mm -hmm. there, there's power and then there's intelligence. There's intelligence and then there's power. So I, you know, it would be nice to finally see you you all in, in places. In, I have no idea what that is. Mm -hmm. But so, but I think that's, so like I said, I just got to the hotel, but that's my answer. Oh, let me all see right, all right, thank you. Yes. All right, little T, you want to take it away? Or anybody else could jump in? Yeah. Or oh, is you ready to jump? Yeah, I can. I want to add to um, what both Keith and Latif said. Dante Amos Wilson always said, although we can't use what they teach us to liberate ourselves, we could use what they teach us to understand how they have us subjugated. Mm. So no, you can't use the, the tool of the master to to burn down Master House. So at least you can use the tools of Master to figure out how he built it and yeah. put your own tools from there. Exactly. And in terms of inclusion, I mean, George Jackson said it best in Blood in My Eye mm -hmm. on page 25. He said, firstly, the system will not or actually cannot meet our demands. Secondly, it clearly illustrates the real terms of our existence under capitalism the nature of it and how foul a piece of the pie would be, even if we could have some, right? And I mean, this is why I have a fundamental disagreement with ADOS and a lot of people who argue 
um, or rather shallow, let me say that, a shallow assessment of reparation, where they're simply asking for economic inclusion into the American empire. But if you understand the American, the American economy only exists at the expense of everyone else's economy, why do you want to participate in that? Right? Um, Diallo Quiano always said, equality to my oppression make me equal to my oppression. So you know better than they are. Right? You right. got to perpetuate the same anti-Black rhetoric, the same anti-Black policy just to maintain your 401k or just to maintain a million dollars in the bank. I think a report on, you know, Rihanna was supposed to accept it as a billionaire or join the billionaire mm -hmm. class. And now yeah. she's being exposed to how she got a sweatshop, right? So she's using cheap labor to develop her product. Beyonce was the same way. Yeah, like, uh, you can maintain that status within the empire. I mean, you got to do what the empire does. Yeah. Do, do, do that, do that, do that. Oh, man. So inclusionary, yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, this 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 country is so. I'm 54 years old. And it's like I just I just can't believe in the year 2021 we are talking about inclusionary policy. It's like I, are we serious? And then Keith he said it, or said it, we all said it. It's like. It's the same thing recycled over and over again. I remember my, my dad he was a strong outreach person. And they can you know, all kinds of terms to, to get their numbers high, you know. Outreach, you know, bringing in people of color. It's 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 the same thing, you know, inclusionary is the same thing as diversity techniques and all that. So, yeah. And, I, and you're right, Otis, you know, I, I, you know, I'm going to use that PhD to, to come back to my community and to do work in my community, you know. That IBM or Apple or something like that, you know. So, most, you know, like we all say, most people get lost in their nine to five and they think that their nine to five is their 24 hour lifeline, you know. That's, that's why we see a lot of. <laughs> Nonprofits take over activism organizing. Now, now, now it's, it's become a nine to five nonprofit job. So, yeah. Inclusionary. I mean, it, it, it's so, it's, it's so funny. Yeah? Like, like I said, you know, we've been here since Moses. So what what are we including into what we've been here? You know? And, and you know, it, it, it's a policy that that it, it, it probably won't be implemented. Like like most disability laws, they're not implemented. 
So it's, once again, it's a piece of paper that we're not going to implement. So, so we will feel, feel happy now that everybody has the inclusionary, you know, writer in their, in their organization or in Hollywood, but we're not going to really push it. We're just going to talk about it and have panels about it and have black disabled people on their panel. But after the panel, they're going to go back and say, okay, we, we did that, we checked that off, let's go back to work. So, anyway. Latif, you, you want to come in? <clears throat> so I am going to bring down the mood. So yesterday I heard Jordan Peterson playing in the other room. And one point of his speech or whatever had him racking his brain on how to include people with developmental disabilities into the job force. He finally came to the decision that inclusion is not possible because he did not think of a thing called an accommodation. That is how some of these people think. It is scary how people are not able to think beyond societal norms and conventions. Oh my God, say that again, Latif. Please, for the people in the back. Oh my God, say it again for the people in the back. It is scary how people are not able to think beyond societal norms and conventions. Thank you, oh my God. Oh my God, this is what see, and that's why I'm like, hey, this is why I'm in like 84 days. Because here's the thing. So when you talk about traditions and norms and values, it amazes me that humans have yet to understand that we are constantly, we should be constantly evolving our thought process, right? So basic, real simple scenario, if the stove is on and you stick your face on the, on the stove and it's hot, the next time you go by the stove, you ain't gonna put your face on it. That's cause you have the information now, you know this shit hot, let me not burn my face. As opposed to, oh, well, I, I guess I struggle because as, as a person with a disability, I'm, we, we have a very unique perspective, right? Because we, you know, we constantly have to deal with somebody else's projection of what our humanity is. But so it's like, oh, oh my God, you're so talented and you do it all by yourself. Like, really? Like, just <laughs> like, on the, getting on the plane today, I, I told them five different times I could walk through the metal detector. Nobody listened. And then when I got done, when I got through of the, the TSA screening, well, how come you didn't tell us you could walk through? I, <laughs> you don't listen. So at a certain point, and this is and this is because I'm old now. I don't have the energy anymore. You <laughs> if you if you if if your assessment of my humanity is dependent oh. upon short information, then you, why don't you assume the best versus, okay, Keith can't do nothing, always can't do nothing, the Teeth can't do nothing, Leroy can't do nothing. Or, you know, like, I, 
it just makes me, which is why I think like now it's inclusionary and diversity and equity work, right? Yeah. That's the new thing now. Yeah. But it's always, but it's the same shit. It's the same. (laughs) Like it's the same. Like it's the same. Like the reason you have to do the work is because people have done yeoman's effort on exclusion. They burnt down entire towns in this country because we said, okay, well, fine. We'll do it. And then when we got successful at it, they burnt it to the ground. And so if you were talking about in the 21st century, what is inclusion? Inclusion would mean that the people we're trying to get to include us are, are less stupid. But that, that, doesn't, that doesn't seem to be what we're going to Because if you have to convince a teacher that a child with a disability can be taught in her class or his class, that is the most, that is the most crystal clear version of how intelligence is used in the wrong way because they are being they're intellectualizing their hate and their discomfort of our human condition in order to in order to underpin the rationale for exclusion and i'm not sorry so if i sound a little tired it's not because i'm jet lagged it's because i'm sick of the bullshit and i don't and i don't have the patience to we, we're in a global pandemic and they are talking about, well, the Democrats are, what did they say? The, the Biden Democratic wing is winning and showing all these progressives that you need to come into the fold. So universal health care, electric engines, housing the unhoused, feeding the hungry, right? Cleaning the environment. All of those are bad things because they require political compromise. So if y'all don't see me in about five minutes, it's because I'm about to go get drunk because it's much more interesting than listening to <laughs> people on the TV talking about the same stuff that they're that they making billions out of. So. It's, it's funny. I, I, post, I post this on, I post this on Facebook. It, it's real. It's like, can, can we ever make a law that takes away power or anything from what controlling um system. And we get every law on the book is for minorities or people of color. Okay. So no no we can't take two. No. Right, listen. If it again, you all are doing brilliant, you are yeoman, like you are doing yeoman's effort work. There's no reason that nobody's that, that you have to go in an extra mile to prove to somebody that you have the ability to do something when the same person, when literally you know that the reason that you're doing it is because, not because you came in incapable but because you're having to deal with their projection and perception of what your skill set is and before they even know if you have it or if you don't. But because they have been trained, if you don't communicate a certain way, you don't walk a certain way, you don't 
think a certain way, you don't look a certain way, you don't breathe. It. Like all of those things in the human condition, people have managed to say, let's build an entire negative construct about that because we don't like it. You know, not because it's them, just because they don't like it. Like, what do you talk about it all the time, Leroy, the ugly laws, right? So, and you think about the people who created that, what was the reason behind it? Because I'm pretty sure their answers was ugly too. <laughs> but they were in the position of writing the law. So I didn't mean to drop in and start running my mouth, but if you ask me a question about inclusion in 2021 in a global pandemic, when they literally are debating on whether or not they should get people vaccinated, whether you believe it or not, that's not my issue. The, the issue is like in, in, in relative context, when you breathe air in the United States, it is not the cleanest air on the planet. When you turn on your faucet, ain't the cleanest water. Mm -hmm. And if you're Black, you might not get back from the store to go get the water because somebody probably going to shoot you in the process. So I love you all, but I'm 84 days, bro. 84 days, and I'm off of this. <laughs> I'm going to retire. I'm not fighting this fight. I'm not dying an activist. I'm not dying an advocate. I want to die a black man who is proud of his kids. I don't want to have, I don't want to have the same discussion 10 years from now about why we're not included. I don't want to do that. And I'm not going to do it. So we'll see. So the last words on orders of peace is already Yes. Bye-bye. Any last words, Otis, Latif? Yeah, yeah, I'm new, Otis. I saw once we an excerpt from the um, new Jim Crow. She says, the important question, however, is whether we want to celebrate as progress any development that might reflect the morphing or evolution of the system rather than its demise. Human rights champion Brian Stevenson has observed that slavery didn't end, it evolved, right? And I want to go to what we were talking about, how people are supposed to evolve and move forward. I think part of the issues, we look at evolution in a straight line. When we look back in the past, and we say they're primitive. And now we're modern and then eventually you go to advance. But evolution don't work that way. Like people evolve at different stages in different regions. This is why I have such an issue with people fighting over men need to be masculine again, women need to be feminine again, and um, children need to be children. Like all people have evolved a different understanding of how they relate to masculinity, how they relate to femininity, and how they relate to childhood. Like this universal definition of what it means to be a human, well, if you don't fit this one specific model, then you're a pseudo or you don't count or what your Plato call a fake human being, that didn't exist. Like this universal definition of civilization and society, it was constructed by um, um, the Greeks. And actually that's what my article is about. My article is about how one Greek is not a, a, a nationality. It was originally a language, right? And you had different nation states, right? 
and it was only under um, Philip II of Macedonia where he united all the different states, and then you have one united Greece, right? But originally, they all had issues with each other. Athens had issues with Sparta. Sparta had issues with Thebes. Thebes had issues with Macedonia. Why? Because they all thought the other was a barbarian. The only thing a barbarian meant was you was not a part of my city. You was not a part of my ideology. You was not a part of my culture. So because you are in that other city state, you belong to the other. Therefore, you are barbarian. Barbarianism was not indicative of an action, right? Because of what you did. It was simply because of your geographic location, meaning because you come from another landmass or come from another area, um, have a different way to relate to reality. Therefore, you are barbarian. And then once um, Philip united all of the different states together, and um, Alexander was able to go on uh, world imperialism, they projected that barbarian identity. Well, because you're not a part of my culture, you're not a part of my ethnic group, therefore you are less civil, you are less of a human being, right? All of that comes back to that, right? But originally, everyone had their own interpretation of reality. Like just one last thing, I posted earlier about, Bantu philosophy and the Bantu understanding of what it means to be a human. In Western culture, the elderly and the babies are disposable. Why? Because during slavery, you wasn't able to get um, maximum sweat equity as yeah. they call. Meaning I can't extract as much labor as possible yeah. from the old person and from the baby. So you're disposable because you yeah. can't bring no money to me. Right? Like you're not worth the investment. So a lot of the African people that got thrown overboard was babies. A lot of African people that died in those slave quarters before they even made it on the ship was the elderly. Right? Mm -hmm. What it meant to be mentally sound as a Black person, are you capable of engaging in maximum amount of labor? That's what they mean when they say they examine um, the Black body. They were trying to see, are you physically fit to get the job done and make me money? That is the origins of mental health in America. Can you make me a goddamn profit? And if you can't, you're fucking disposable. And that's what I'm saying. I don't want to be included in this shit because this shit's insanity. And keep going back to what you say about power and um, and, um, knowledge is different or intelligence is different. That's true, right? People got to understand Power allow you to define what is intelligence. Power allows you to define yeah. what is right and what is wrong. And because people like me, people with a disability are not in a power position, right? We cannot, we cannot um, create, create an environment where people with disabilities are seen as full human beings, right? Because you're able to villainize me simply to save a profit. So you'll say, well, instead of us investing for us to modify this building, we just don't need these disabled people here because they go slow down production any goddamn way. Right? So you're shaping ideology to justify the way you use the money. Why? Because you're in the power to do so. Right? Every, everyone has to understand race is not the only social construct. Everything is a fucking social construct. Like everything. Manhood is a social construct. Womanhood is a social construct. Childhood is a social construct. That job you have, right? 
your job title was probably created by your boss while he was taking the shit. And he poured out some toilet paper. Like, you know what? I need a new position. And wrote your job title down and then hired your ass to fill it. And he walking around. And that's how you define yourself. I am the CEO of production. Your boss made that title up overnight. And now this is your entire identity. Shit, if you want to know the truth, the reason why I, I really don't have an issue with um, um, critical race theory or don't really care for it, because it, it argues that race is a social construct. They have no biological indicators, which I understand. But I think it would be do Black people a whole lot more benefit for white people to say, what is a social construct to begin with? Right? Like, don't just walk around here saying this is a social construct. What is it? Because you'll realize it's more beneficial for you to acknowledge credit is a social construct. So even before we get rid of race, let's get rid of credit. Because credit is how they're manipulating and dominating um, not just Black people in the Black community, but the whole goddamn continent of Africa, right? With, with the loans, with the what, structural loan program and in interest, right? So before you even get rid of the race thing, because race backs up your economic system, it backs up your social system, your political system, your legal system. So you could tell me it's made up all day. But as a Black man, I'm experiencing physical ramifications for your mythological creations. So before you give it to that, first give it a credit. That can help my mama, that can help me, that can help my daddy, that can help Africa. Like you give it a that shit, we good. Like, but you telling me race don't exist? I don't do nothing for me. Cause you ain't gonna give me the money back that you stole. Like, <laughs> you don't get the shit. Like, tell me that, girls, what? Oh, we made all that shit up. Okay, now what? I look at you, you look at me like, what? Oh, this, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. My teeth, you Close it out. Keith, you don't get it. These moderates want slow and steady, quote unquote, progress. Even though we are dying of COVID and burning up from climate change. <laughs> Bruh. People's cognitive dissonance is turning deadly and it is getting pathetic. And now it is preached those facts. And one last thing, I think people lack a material analysis of what our culture is made up of. Amen. Fire. Facts. 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 And see. And this is why I love y'all. This is the why I love y'all. Because there ain't no bullshit here. No. There's no bullshit here. Like, you know, it, we, I was watching it before I got on the plane. And to be in Alabama having this discussion at this moment um, is, is quite surreal. <laughs> so I just want you to, like, like we in the heart of Dixie. I mean, in the heart. We in, I'm in Birmingham. So when you're right, they, they like if you it's it's not a hard discussion to say maybe we should I don't know not kill people <laughs> like that like that like that's not a hard discussion. But then the question becomes: death is profitable. Death is a currency that people are willing to trade in. And Otis, when you were talking about race and the critical race theory and things like that, and the credit construct. If you want to humor yourself and get completely nauseous, 
watch Bloomberg in the morning. I was watching and they like, and I was sitting there going, they really have entire markets that are only about debt. That is solely about trading on debt. Like, so that's like, if you can, so you can make up some shit. <laughs> so, well, well, see, you have you have a you have a one rated debt, right? So, and and they have debt structures in which they which they say, well, this is bad debt. And this is good debt. This is credible. Like, wait, how do? Let's put it this way, and then I'm gonna shut up because y'all. Y'all killed it. And y'all made you made that. Like, I don't know if I'm going to help it, but I'm going to just say this. If you literally can say, I'm the wealthiest person on the planet, right? But in the same vein, you don't have any monetary, you have like no cash. So, like, Jeff Bezos is worth like some, like, quote, $158 billion. But he literally has no cash. Everything he's working on is credit and debt. That now my black ass can't get no credit, but I can get a whole bunch of debt. So, so I, I think so when you when you step back and you say inclusionary, so like you said, like you say, Latif, the moderates, like what are you moderate on? There's no way you can be moderate in a country in which you literally are a person of color or a woman. And then you get to a particular position and you say, well, I need to moderate my position. Well, then you're not really there to solve the issue. Like you're not. That means you, that means that, you know, and when they were talking about, well, we are negotiators, we're negotiating. We're, no. If you intrinsically know that you will not suffer the consequences for your stance on the negotiating, how how honest are you negotiating? If I'm negotiating for Leroy's life, but I know if he did, I'm not. Well, Leroy, I tried, but uh, it's kind of fucked up. You're dead now, but it, but I have it. There's no, there's no. I don't have any. You you subconsciously know that you will not suffer the ramifications. And so that's why when you think about inclusion, you think about modern, you think about race theory, you think about this stuff, it's not even about the conversation we're having. It's really about the question of at what point do you stop saying, fuck everybody, this is all about me? Because that's the only reason that we still have people not willing to give universal health care, not willing to give housing, not willing to make side, not willing to make cities universally accessible, not willing to include people in services solely because they because they because they define their humanity in a different way that makes you uncomfortable. Like and again, if that is it and these people are in positions of power. You said your best quote is like we're in a position where we don't have that kind of power to define what we want to do. Because as persons with disabilities, we we we're, we're standing behind the eight ball, right? We 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 have, we're always we're constantly pushing, which is why and and which is why even now it's not about fighting for or inclusion. It's like it's 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 fighting stupidity. 
because inclusion is what? We human. We got here the same way everybody else got here, unless some people were grown on trees. Right. And we all, you know, just because of my expression, cerebral palsy, your expression is something else, your expression is something else. If you claim to be better than me, then you should have a higher understanding of humanity. And therefore, you should embrace my humanity in whatever form it comes in, unless you're not intelligent. Well, the thing, the thing, the thing is, uh, puts back a little bit, and I, I agree with what with, 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 with we're saying, is that the thing is that sometimes we have to play our own. Like, for example, this new Jay Z and Will Smith rent their own bullshit. Like, God, dude, like, are you serious, dude? Are you serious? We did this in the 80s. It's like, and now, you know, Will Smith and Jay-Z is like the number one talk about low-income housing. Um, okay, here's a real simple thing. Do you understand that property value is a, what's your word, oh, it's construct. That dirt with a Negro on it is three cents. They'll, they'll, they'll make it negative three cents because they don't want the Negro to have it. Then the, then pick a spot on the planet, or let's just take America. Pick a spot in America, Leroy. You in the Berkeley area, the <laughs> Oakland. I'm living, in, I'm living in St. Louis on the north side. See, you know how this go. Oh, you know how this go. We, whenever we see, remember the riverfront was never sexy. They put poor people and homeless people on the riverfront. Then they discovered that you could do, you could attract people and not us white folks and then the property value shot up it's the same dirt in the same pot <laughs> that was there yesterday the only difference is now that they they've as, uh, ascribed property value to it and so if that's the kind of monetary system we work in at the same education system like you don't want to fund education across the board for everybody but you want to have good school districts. You don't want to have, you don't want to have, Will Smith and Jay-Z talking about doing low-income affordable housing. Kissed my ass <laughs> on both sides, of, on both cheeks, because it's not about low, affordable, of low-income low housing is just that. That means you have low income. That means, okay, that doesn't mean that, that, that just means we're going to get weed and we're, we're going to give you just enough that you can go work at McDonald's and pay this shit. But I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you all have a good night. I want to say one last thing. Yeah. Now, shut up. So like TV Bar, something to mind. We're not fighting for opportunities. That's a trick. We're fighting for a social safety net. There's a difference. I, mm. if me and you both have an opportunity to get this particular job, but you are the only one with a social safety net backing you, right? So if you lose this job, you still have some type of money to fall on. Right. I don't, right? Then I'm going to have to, one, I'm going to be scared to unionize because it's the only goddamn money I got coming in, but you got family, um, you got family wealth to fall back on, so you're able to take that chance. Right, like that's why they have done studies after studies after studies 
the ones who have been able to accumulate a lot of money have been people who was born into money. Yes. Or they already had a social safety net. Like they're talking about entrepreneurship and how we gotta take high risk to have a high return. Like the only reason why they're able to take that risk because they're usually risking someone else's money or they're risking their family's money. Right. So we're not fighting for goddamn. It's like if we go into a if we go into a casino, we both have the opportunity to spend our money on the slot, <laughs> right? But if I lose it all, I'm ass out. If you lose it, the casino will give you your money right back to your buddies. It's not the same thing. We both got opportunity, yeah, but you got a social safety net. You cool with the casino. So if I get fucked, it's over. You get oh, fucked, you good, right? That's how the stock market literally works. Right, so we have to get out of this. We yeah. fight for opportunities. No, the hell we are not. I'm fighting because I'm on the same social social safety net. Yo ass got. Yeah. I don't know. I'm fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. you got look. I got your back for the next eighty four days. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, brothers. This is why we do what we do. Yes, yes, yes. All right. All right, thank you.